Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, looking for long-term relationships. Uh, We're going to get to the content in a moment. Before we do, we'd like to thank children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder for bringing this program to you. In celebration of that event, we're anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, just listen to our show. We'll be sharing a secret word a couple times. Write it down. Listen to another show. Um, and write down the secret word of that show, and then just email me the, the two words. That's all you need to do. Email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When we get it, we'll forward it to Chad. We'll get you a PDF copy of the current edition of Attention Magazine, and they'll send you a PDF copy of the next edition when it's in print. We have a little tip that we're going to share with you that Chad made, and we'll get into the show. When you have ADHD, putting in an eight-hour workday while maintaining maximum concentration can be a challenge. Here are some strategies to help. Make your physical environment less distracting. Use your laptop, smartphone, or alarm to track appointments and deadlines. Break up long tasks into shorter ones. Take breaks and walk around. Before you leave work, take five minutes to organize your work area for the next day. To learn more about workplace issues, visit chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Many with ADHD struggle with uh, managing time. Uh, most people don't realize that uh, managing time is really about thinking or what I call clock math. We'd like to thank Time Timer for being one of our longtime advertisers. Encourage you to check out their website at timetimer.com and their clock to help relieve the, the need for you to do clock math. We're here tonight to repurpose an uh, uh, interview I did with Melissa Orlov many years ago. Uh, she's one of our favorites to have on when it comes to ADHD and relationships. And sometimes we've got to bring uh, what we call evergreen content. That's good content then, good content now, and repurpose it to bring it to you for updates. So we're going to roll the tape. We hope you uh, sit back and enjoy the show. Melissa is one of my favorite guests to have on when it comes to anything with relationships, particularly uh, when ADHD is impacting with all that. Uh, Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, Melissa, you and I have done lots of interviews about the dynamics of ADHD and uh, in relationships and some of the challenges and some of the tips that, and tricks that you've learned that are kind of helpful along the way. For a couple that's struggling, one of my things that I just want to kind of talk about, if, when they're struggling and they're looking to kind of move forward or get some help, I want to talk about some of the success factors or some of the things that are typically present in those that do better to create some awareness around that and just kind of talk about that in general. So 
when people are struggling and they're reaching out for help, what are some of the things that they need to maybe be conscious of and work towards that will improve their chances of success? Well, so a couple different things, actually. Um, One is that couples who are impacted by ADHD have different problems from couples who are not impacted by ADHD. Um, And it's easy if you you need to work with somebody who knows ADHD uh, if you're going to do that or seek out information that that takes into account the ADHD. Um, Because if you don't, if you go to a therapist who doesn't understand it well, um, for example, uh, you will end yep. up in a situation where they're saying, you know, essentially try harder, and try harder doesn't work. Uh, try differently, meaning try things that work uh, for couples impacted by ADHD is what they need. And you don't want to end up getting to a place where it's, you know, the therapist and the quote-unquote yep. neurotypical person against the ADHD person, which happens a lot. Uh, so so that's that's one of the the, yep. the success factors. Um, and another is to is to go in with a really open mind um, towards um, the infor- the new information because you'll get a lot of new information once you start looking at ADHD and its impact. And I I have to insert here because I always do. Um, it's the impact includes the responses. So it's not just the ADHD partner who's the issue here. It's the ADHD partner and the other partner, whether they have ADHD or not, how they're responding that create the unique patterns and interactions in these relationships. So I want to delve into this a little bit and just kind of because an open mind, those are two words. We hear that a lot. But what is an open mind from your perspective when it comes to this? Can you describe that a little bit? Well, so, you know, one of the characteristics of particularly undiagnosed ADHD is the sort of repetitive nature in these relationships of these the issues that come up, the symptomatic behaviors. So, you know, something will happen and you'll have a conversation about it and the ADHD partner will say, yeah, I really, I agree, that wasn't a great thing, I'll try to do better. And they go off and the same thing happens again. And over time, pretty soon the non-ADD partners go and look, you keep promising to change this, but you haven't changed it, and I'm really sick and tired of it, and they get all Mm -hmm. bent out of shape, and they think they know what's going to happen next, you know, that the ADD partner can't do this or can't change or whatever. Um, When you really start addressing the um, treatment of ADHD or management of ADHD in a way that optimizes that treatment, so it's not just medications, it's medications and a lot, if you want those, and a lot of other things, um, Mm -hmm. then... Uh, then things really do start to happen and change. ADHD is one of the places where once you start to manage it, your chances of managing it well are actually really good. Um, mm-hmm. But you have to really engage with it. It takes a lot of effort. So, so that changes everything. And so having an open mind means, um, yeah, stuff happened in the past, but that doesn't mean it's going to happen in the in the future, and you have to be willing to be open to new ways of doing things and, and thinking about that uh, differently and not just saying, no, it's never going to happen or, or um, importantly for non-ADHD partners, you have to do it my way to be successful. That rarely works as well because the brains work differently. So, so hang on, making a note my way. I want to come back to that. So <clears throat> an open mind, sometimes a little bit of a belief system. I know 
sometimes we say you you are not ADD, you have ADD, and does this play out in terms of open the mind to realize that you could you could be with somebody with ADHD and their behavior is such and it's not their heart, it's not their soul, it's not it's it's, it's the biology that's there that they're having some difficulty and be able to divorce those two as opposed to say it's a, it's an attack on me. Would that be like an idea of, of looking at it with an open mind, not to take it personally? Um, well, yes. Yeah. So it's hard not to take it personally if your partner never pays attention to you because they're so distracted, yep. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, there, yep. there are certain problems that have to be solved in a relationship. And one is that you get enough attention from your partner that you feel loved, right? That has mm-hmm. to be addressed and solved. Um, mm-hmm. So it, it, the thing that, that's important to understand is even though ADHD is, physio, is physiological in its, in its basis, it, A, as you, as you point out quite correctly, doesn't represent the core of the person. It's, it's not their values. It's not you mm-hmm. know, their goodness or anything like that. What it does is it encourages a set of behaviors. So once you treat, optimize your treatment for the ADHD, that you can change those behaviors. Um, mm-hmm. And so you can make the behaviors be the ones that make you a good partner or mm-hmm. a good enough partner so that everybody can be happy, right? You're not trying to get the AD, that ADHD person, I've never done that before, um, <laughs> to be non-ADHD. Um, uh-huh. You're getting them to be a good partner, right, which is totally mm-hmm. different. They're going to have their unique spin on that that's totally based on who they are as a core person, what they like, are they creative, are they funny, are they inventive, are they, you mm-hmm. know, what are their characteristics. But there are certain things in a relationship that you just need, regardless mm-hmm. of whether the person has ADHD or not, and you have to tackle those areas and be open to tackling them. My experience is people with ADHD can. Um, mm-hmm. I've run into very few people, very few, a couple, less than a handful where this ADHD was so severe that it really meant that they just simply could not could not bring themselves to the relationship in a good way. In our conversation so far, we've been talking a little bit about ADHD, but an open mind too is when you get into this, if one doesn't have ADHD to realize it's not typically all the ADHD person. So there's a little bit of open-mindedness to kind of look at oneself and to begin to focus on that. Is that... Well, yes, and also this reminds me, before we move into looking at oneself, um, that this doesn't just go towards the ADHD person. The ADHD person also needs to accept the non-ADHD way of doing things. My husband used to think of how I do things, which is, you know, straight line from point A to point B um, as pedantic, right? Uh I mean, you know, so it's both people (laughs) accepting the other way of being. It's not just one way. Um, You know, we just are different. And now he mm-hmm. does. Now he now he sees it as organized. He thinks of it much more positively. Um, mm-hmm. But my my and part of the reason he used to think of it as pedantic is because I tried to impose it on him. And mm-hmm. once I start stopped doing that, then it became less threatening. So okay, back to what you were saying, um, which, if I remember correctly, was uh, you know looking willingness to look at yourself, right? Uh, yeah. Tell you what, let's do this. Let's go to a break real quick so we can spend a little bit more time on that um, for our listeners. Um, I encourage you. I, I, I really like Melissa's work. Um, I've done a lot of people who have done some work with her. Um, 
uh, before and after and referred back and forth and even some that done some stuff and she's done she does a great job for couples i'm only dealing with the individual side but i'm a big fan her website is adacmarriage.com and before we go to break real quick uh, can you just, just talk about your workshop a little bit for couples so that people get a sense of that yeah i have a eight-week seminar that i give three times a year um, for couples, and in it I cover all the things that I think are most important for couples to both understand about their relationship, where they would be struggling probably, uh, and also provide a whole lot of tools and strategies that they can use immediately in their relationship. And I've been giving it for quite a number of years now and, and sort of honing it every time, and it's really a great seminar and it has really helped a lot of couples. For more information on that, go to ADH adhdmarriage.com and with that we'll be right back after these messages our secret word tonight is term your life your world your choice this is attention talk radio are you always late the time timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with adhd manage life better as time passes time timers bright red disc disappears visit timetimer.com and use the discount code atr for 15 percent off Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by GigCoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back. We're here with Melissa Orlov, who's a plethora of insights with regard to relationships when they're struggling and some things to think about with regard to ADHD. And one of the things that she said I think is really obvious that I didn't actually think about is if you got this, make sure that you go to somebody who knows ADHD. And it's, it's, I think it's blatantly obvious even, but for me, I didn't think about how important that is. So I think that's that really valuable. And we've been talking about the idea of really kind of coming into it with an open mind. And to me, that's really kind of a trick here. That's difficult. And I was asking her some questions to really kind of take a look at that a little bit. And before the break, we alluded to this, but one of the things, Melissa, I know that I've been in relationships a lot in my life, and there's, I have a tendency whenever there's a problem to be focused on like, oh, that person needs to make some adjustments and stuff like that. But I've really got to be open to make some changes myself and really focus in on myself in an open-minded way. Do you want to comment on that? Yeah, you're describing the classic. You know, anytime anybody seeks therapy, what they do is the first thing they say to the therapist is, please fix my partner. <laughs> that's sort of the classic thing, right? Uh, that's yep. what we all think we need to do. So the task is actually quite different. The task is actually the opposite. To your point, um, the, you know, there are two people in the relationship, and there's only one of those people that you can actually change, and that's yourself. Um, so the whole process, actually, of, of recovering a relationship from uh, being in trouble is the process of understanding your own role. And we always have a role uh, in it, and understanding your own role and what changes you can make while simultaneously your partner understands his or her role and what changes that person can make. Um, and stopping. The, one of the ways, one of the reasons people get so defensive and argue so much is because we spend so much time trying to tell our partner how they should change. Um, and that doesn't work. It never works. 
uh, you always have to be focused on yourself. Now, you can give input, like here's what's important to me, here are my values, this is why this hurts, uh, et cetera. All that's, you know, you should do that. But you only can really change yourself, and that's really where the focus needs to be. And I would got to believe that having an open mind and going into a relationship and really realizing you got to focus in on yourself, it sounds – it's open-minded. It sounds easy. But my sense is that's not quite as simple as us just saying it. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> it's really, really hard, actually. You're right. Um, because we, you know, we look and we say, okay, I mean, there are a whole bunch of reasons, but you might say, okay, well, so my partner has ADHD, so obviously it's his or her fault. No, because if you think about symptom response response, if you have a, a symptom of uh, chronic distraction and, and, and uh, in your partner and you yourself feel lonely, you can respond to that in a bunch of different ways. You can respond to that by getting angry that you know, that, that partner's not paying attention to you, or you can respond by saying, you know, gee, I, I feel as if you're more distracted than normal right now. Let's go out for a date so we can pay some attention to each other. And those mm-hmm. are two very, very different responses. So you have to be open to the idea that your responses really matter. And the way you get to those neutral and positive responses for something like chronic distractibility or whatever is, is really coming to understand ADHD, how important it is, um, and also, quite frankly, in these relationships, almost always, how how impactful the anger and frustration is in the non-ADHD partners in terms of um, making the relationship more difficult. So anger is a good thing to recognize, and it is there, and it's there for a reason, um, but you have to take responsibility for it in the same way that um, the ADHD partner needs to make sure that they are taking responsibility for managing the ADHD well enough. So just so it's it's there's a different there's a gazillion different words and a gazillion different ways that you could go about this. But on one side, it's like the ADHD person needs to take the responsibility to kind of self-regulate the attention, and the non-ADHD person maybe to regulate their emotions around it. And both individuals have to take ownership of that and have an open mind to that in order for them to come together to work. Again, that's oversimplified, but it's 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 work on both sides, right? Yeah, yeah, it is absolutely. And it's also very importantly being able to to correctly interpret ADHD symptoms as not, you know, typically the symptomatic behaviors are not personal. You know, typically they're uh, they're they're because those symptoms are there and undermanaged, not because somebody doesn't like you or doesn't love you. I mean, my part, my husband didn't used to ignore me because he didn't love me. In fact, when I went to him and said, "You must not love me. You ignore me all the time," he'd say, "What are you talking about? Of course I love you." You know, <laughs> so. Uh, it was because he had ADD, and so the proper uh-huh. interpretation of that is really important. There's, there are many different elements, which is part of the reason why it's hard. You know, it's easy to say, yeah, you got to take responsibility for yourself, but you really, there are a whole bunch of different things you have to learn to be able to successfully do that um, um, and and be, you know, make things work out well. I. Uh, I really probably could do a <laughs> I whole show. I don't even know show. where to go with that one. <laughs> no, 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 no. I could do a whole show as correctly interpreting behavior. Uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, most I, I talk so much about I coach attention as I describe to people is that, you know, only Melissa can witness what she's paying attention to. And so as a result, you can't pay attention to what's going on inside of my head. And so you've got nothing to compare it to. So when you go out into the world, you really, since you have nothing to compare it to, you're looking for evidence 
to prove that you're paying attention to the right thing in, in order to get what you want. And I can spend a lot more time on really do it, but you, what, what you realize in that statement is you're always looking for evidence that you're, you're doing it right, but you're not really looking for evidence of what you're missing. And so we form a belief system around our attention and we lock into it. And when you're looking at ADHD, you have this way of interpreting that behavior. And the reality of it is it could be something different, but you're not seeing it because you're not looking for it. And so having an open mind a little bit to see things a little bit differently and to realize it's maybe not misinterpreted from my perspective is a very difficult thing to do because, again, you're having to maybe disprove your, the very mental model that you use to judge everything with. And that, that is a lot of anxiety for anybody to do because it's the thing that you've relied on. And I really want to emphasize is this open mind thing and doing this is it's, it's, it's not a simple task, but – from what I've learned from you, Melissa, it's key in terms of moving forward in the relationship. Yeah, it Fundamentally. is. Well, you know, so what you're describing there um, is the difference between neurotypical and ADHD. And I, and I don't really love neurotypical, yep. but the non-ADHD and ADHD, um, because you grow up in a family that doesn't have ADHD, and you learn that if somebody doesn't pay attention to you, that means they're not interested in you. And you grow yep. up in a family that has ADHD, and it isn't of any concern that you're not getting paid attention to because that's sort of the way the family runs because it's hereditary. Yep. And so you bring that to the relationship, um, and, and there's a real clash of expectations. And it's not until you learn that you have to actually be thinking about this and, and, and changing your, how you're interpreting these things that it matters. So yeah, you're right. You're you're exactly right. Uh, we we have these biases that we're not even aware of um, that relate to um, how we're wired and and how you know how we experience things in our family of origin and all sorts of other things. So keeping an open mind and being able to learn. What I my experience is that the non ADHD partners once this is explained to them can often be intellectually empathetic and it takes longer yep. to be emotionally um, emotionally so where they actually genuinely internalize that this is not personal because um, it feels personal. They've had a lot of training yep. Yep. Um, yep. to suggest yep. such. It's, it's fascinating because I did a, a presentation not that long ago on talking about mindset change. And most think is like you a, a mind a complete way you change the way you look at something. It's not something that happens overnight. And as you described, they might be they might get a little bit first, but the emotional opponent kind of comes later. It's not something that happens really kind of overnight because again, you're having to kind of disprove what you've in your mind that you've put together that really makes a lot of sense. And sometimes I think that like your program and stuff that helps people walk through it if you have an open mind and willing to work with that because if you're not open to looking at it differently, you're just going to kind of run into a brick wall. And, and again, that, again, emphasizing that open mind and or sometimes programs like what you've got going through to kind of walk people through in a more methodical way that transition because, again, I don't think it happens overnight. Accurate? Yeah, and here's, I have to add something here because people will yep. be saying, yeah, but if he's not paying attention to me, he's not paying attention to me. And I agree with that 100%. Understanding it is the first step. Then um, there are some things that are really critical in a relationship and some things that aren't. So if my husband ignores me, that's not a relationship. 
he that he's not he's yep. not being a good partner to me so it doesn't uh-huh. matter it's good to understand that it comes from ADHD and i need to be empathetic to the fact that he's easily distractible yep. but the reality is if he can't figure out how to attend to me enough, and you know you can define what enough yep. is, couple by couple, but if he can't attend to me enough, we shouldn't be together. Yep. Because yep. for me, that's that's a that's just not a, a, a good partnership. So part of this is not only having an open mind, but also exploring what's good enough. What is what it? What are the things that are most importantly yep. where we're yep. going to focus our efforts? And then, uh, and then making sure you know, just because it's not personal doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. So you have to figure out absolutely where you know where do we address these hurts and, yep. and make them absolutely. better so they don't hurt. Absolutely. Tell you what, this is a good stopping point. Let's run to a break real quick. Everybody, again, you need to you need to check out Melissa's stuff. She does great work. ADHDmarriage.com. And with that, we'll be right back after these messages. Our secret word tonight is term. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? (laughs) Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay. Do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We're having a great conversation, as we always do, with Melissa Orlov um, on ADHD couples, marriage, and, and kind of working through it. A lot of great insights. Um, if you're struggling and you reach out for help, find somebody who knows ADHD. Got to have an open mind. Fair amount of focusing on yourself in this whole process, which kind of leads me to, I think, one of the things that I've learned and my perception is, and I'm interested in yours and, and I'm learning something from um, it, is when you go into this thing, the trick is to have the open mind to realize it's not about fixing your partner. It's about adjusting yourself and also realizing is that all you can do is focus in on yourself, and that doesn't necessarily mean that your partner will. But the more you focus on yourself, the higher the probability that you guys can move forward. You want to talk about that for a second? It may even even change my with what I said. If you got anything that that you think a better way of looking at it, please do so. But the real trick is to realize that you can't control it. You can only control yourself. Yeah, and I actually have a really funny story to tell you on this one. Okay. <laughs> because, <laughs> because there's a trap here, right, which is to assume that if you are really good and, you know, happy and friendly and all that, that your partner will follow you. And that isn't, isn't necessarily the case. Um, I did this experiment um, because I said, well, you know, my husband says that it's all about me being angry and if I would just be nicer to him that everything would work out. So I said, okay, I'll be really nice to him. So for a month. 
I made it my job to be as nice as possible. I was great. I was really nice. And the relationship became a lot less fraught and contentious, um, but it actually didn't improve for me. It improved a lot for him because I wasn't on his case, but it didn't improve at all for me. And in fact, it got worse for me because I had to sort of squelch my discontent, um, which still was there. So mm-hmm. um, at the end of the month, I was so mad. <laughs> I was like, wait, I did, this. I did exactly what you said, and you didn't do anything differently. Wait a minute. So what I discovered is that, uh, that you can't do it with one person. You really have to do it with two people. Um, so while you have to focus on yourself, um, you also have to be an overt, having an overt conversation about, um, you know, the, the joint desire to move ahead. If only one of you w- mm-hmm. wants to move ahead, you're not going to get very far um, mm-hmm. because, the, you know, the, the non-ADHD partner needs to manage the issues that they have. Typically that includes trying to control too much and being very angry. Um, and then ADHD partner also has to manage the ADHD better typically. Um, and so both people have to be working on that. Um, also, sometimes the ADHD partner has to manage anger outbursts because of the emotional yep. ability issues. So yep. um, so that's something that it's sort of a, it was an interesting experiment and something I learned a lot from. Uh, but you can't do it on your own. Um, so while you have to focus on yourself, you do have to be sort of going in a somewhat parallel direction, not necessarily doing the same things, but the parallel direction is that you both are committed to trying new and different things um, to improve things and hold yep. yourself to a high standard. And so really today we really want to kind of create awareness of some, of some tips to kind of go into to think about so that if you're struggling and you want to go out and get some help that you kind of get on the right path to success. And most, I think, you know, again, to reiterate, go find somebody who knows something about ADHD, have an open mind, focus in on yourself, realizes that, you know, it's a team effort. Um, I will tell this is that as you were talking, I began two people actually kind of came to mind that I, I had worked with, uh, after they had gone through your program. So I'm just dealing with the ADD uh, 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 spouse. And it was fascinating to me because at one point in time, they came, they were still working on the relationship, but there was this change that happened on both of them where they finally said, well, listen, you know, I realized I got this issue. And the more they focused in on themselves, it's weird because they both came back and said, wow, things have gotten a lot better because they really did kind of like let go. Of, I mean, they were, were working together, but they focused more on themselves. And I just share that as uh, my side of that stuff because I think if you go into that and you have that mind and you really focus in on yourself to impact what you can do the relationship, there's a h- much higher probability that you can come out of this the other side, which was the whole focus of the show is help people think about that. So right. uh, any comments on that or any final things before we wrap it up? Um, no, I mean, I can give you one more um, thing to think yep. about in Please. terms of how to Please. be successful. Um, yep. Unique, I think, to um, ADHD-impacted relationships is that there's a lot of dysfunction that comes around this sort of symptom response response thing, particularly when ADHD was not diagnosed. And so, you, you know, there was something going on. The symptoms were there, but you had no idea why your partner mm-hmm. wasn't paying attention to you or why things weren't getting followed through on or why the non-ADHD partner was becoming more and more controlling. I mean, you just couldn't explain it. Yep. Um, at some point, once you've learned all of this stuff and you start to see, ah, here's the impact, here's what we need to be doing, I find it's very useful to think of your relationship in sort of two distinct 
parts, the old relationship and the new relationship. Because you can spend a whole lot of time stomping around in the old relationship trying to, you know, talk about every single incident, and there are many of them. But in general, there is an explanation for what happened, and that is there was ADHD there, and we didn't know about it, and we responded in exactly the same way everybody responds in the same situation. We did the best we could do, and it turned out to get us into trouble because we didn't know about the ADHD. And at that point, then, hopefully that allows you to let go of a lot of the pain from the past and focus on the other relationship, which is now your new relationship, where you focus on what's going on today, where you are today, and where, very importantly, where you want to be in the future. What, what kind of relationship is the relationship you desire that you're creating? You're in the process of creating that relationship. That's a very useful tool, and it doesn't mean that you don't end up talking about the past, because you do, because the past you know, expectations and triggers yep. and things like that impact you but it does try it does tend to put you into a more of a current moment problem solving more of an open space open-minded space where you can say okay so i accept that we're here i accept i know why we got here and i know why i you know i forgive myself essentially for what i did now let me get myself to a better place and that's the that's a good trick i love that frame um, from my perspective as a coach, because often when people are coming in, we can't direct. Like when I'm working with somebody, irrespective of this, and I'm I'm, pay, I'm I'm trying to help them move forward tomorrow. And a lot of times when they're talking about the past, I'm like, listen, can we stop that? It's not doing us any good. I only care about what you're going to do tomorrow, not what you did yesterday, because we're trying to rewrite that. And the more we dwell on the past, the more we're we're anchoring in on some of that stuff and more we're getting deep-rooted seated and the the focus of we have a new relationship let's talk about what we're doing in the future i think is a great way to to really change the mindset in order for the to kind of move that forward so melissa i really appreciate you kind of weaving that in so with that melissa i i adore you coming on the show again you did a spectacular job everybody to learn more about melissa go to adhdmarriage.com and with that uh, melissa thanks again for coming on the show You are most welcome. I always enjoy it. Everybody, we hope you enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Join us next week for another great edition. Take care.